This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. The term dad is used when a child wants to address his father as a person who is great in his eyes, great in the sense of being able to protect with a strength, great in the sense of having a great affection and care for the child. That's when the term dad is used, especially used. Dad, help, because you can help. Dad, help, because you love. That's why you use the term dad or Abba. And it's meaningful that when the Lord Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane facing the cross, he uses that term. It's the only time we see him use that term in Mark 14.36. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but as thou, what thou wilt. The Lord calls God the Father, Abi, or Dad, because of the strength and the power of God the Father. Mark 14, 36. Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. The Lord calls on God the Father as Abba, or Dad, because of the love that the God the Father has for the Son. The Lord Jesus has said, has experienced this affirmation of the love of God the Father for him. God the Father didn't push him away and said, well, you're going to go to the cross now. You're going you're to be crucified. I can't let my heart get emaciated by that, so push you away. No. Matthew 17, 5, while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. Behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The Lord Jesus said about that relationship, in John 3.35, the Father loveth the Son and hath given all things unto his hand. John 5.20, the Father loveth the Son and showeth him all things that he doeth. So the Lord Jesus 
calls on God the Father as Abba, as Dad, because he's in trouble. And he knew that God the Father was not only strong to rescue, but also that God the Father loved him so dearly. That's why the little Israeli boy kept calling out, Abba, 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 Dad, 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 because he was in trouble. He knew his father was great. He could lift him up, keep him falling on the ice. More powerful than him, he could rescue him. The little Israeli boy keeps crying out, Abba, 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 because the little boy knew how much his father loved him, which all circles back to have a meaning for the believer. Because when the believer receives Christ as a savior, that just doesn't give him the right to call God the Father, Father, but that gives him the right to go one step further and to call him Dad, Abba. Romans 8.15, you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Dad, Galatians 4, 6, because you are sons, God has sent forth his spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. We call the Father Abba, or Dad, because we have the same assurance that God the Father will be our loving, protecting Dad that Isaac had when he was in trouble and called on Abraham, Avi, or my father, we call God the Father Abba, or Dad, because we have the same assurance that the Lord Jesus had of God the Father's personalized love for each one of us. That was what he had when he was in trouble, the Lord Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, before the cross, and he calls God the Father Abba. We join Isaac. We join the Lord Jesus in calling God the Father Abba, or Dad, because that's a term that affirms our special relationship between us and God the Father. Not just Father, but our Father. Not just Father, but Dad. And now the Lord, knowing all of this about the relationship that there is between a father and a son, he tells his disciples in verse 21, the brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father the child. This hatred of the Lord against the Lord, this hatred against the Lord, is so great that it breaks the bond of the love and the openness and the protection that naturally exists between a father for his child. So after the Lord has stated how the hatred is so strong against him to cause the brother to put the brother to death and how the father's gonna, gonna put the, be the cause of the death of his child, now the Lord turns to the children in verse 21. Matthew 10, 21, the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. Imagine the guilt, the guilt of a child who knows that he's the reason why his parents were killed. How could all this be happening? Well, we get an insight to it in the words in verse 21, rise up. Remember I said about Cain rose up against his brother Abel. Those are important words. Because the words rise up, paint the picture of a emotional, a riot where rationality is out the window, just wild emotions are in control. We've seen this. We saw this in La Mesa. We saw this across the country. These recent protests where people take a baseball bat, beat other people, 
destroy businesses, set them on fire. That's a rising up. And that's what the Lord is talking about. It's this heat of emotion where tempers run wild. It's an open rebellion where children rebel against their parents and any authority is all thrown off. That's a picture of chaos where all law is gone and anarchy just rules. And who knows if these verses right now that we're covering are not a preparation for what we're facing in this country. Then the Lord is, changes his focus in verse 22 from the family, from the brother that betrays the brother, from the father that gives up his children to be killed, from the children who turn their parents over to cause them to be put to death. He turns from the family to all men. In verse 22, he says, ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. There's one single reason for this hatred. It's a hatred that is so strong, it's against the Lord Jesus. That's what it is. The rebellion is so strong, it's against the Lord Jesus. It is a fulfillment of Psalm 2. Psalm 2, 1 through 4 says, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his Mashiach, against his Messiah, against his anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. The spirit of the world is set themselves, take counsel together against the Lord against his Messiah, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. But the problem is, with their plan, is the next verse in Psalm 2.4. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The problem for the world, the world that rebounds against the Lord, is that they can't reach the Lord. He's sitting in the heavens. The hatred is so strong, the people are frustrated because they can't reach the Lord in heaven to hurt him. They can no longer crucify the Lord Jesus in their hatred. They can no longer cry out, crucify him. So that the only way that they can hurt the Lord is to hurt his followers. And this is what the Lord said to Paul in Acts 9.1. Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed and came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? He said, Who art thou, Lord? The Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Haters of the Lord realize that when they hate disciples of the Lord, they are hurting the Lord. So for the world, their plan is perfect, they think. Hurt the followers of the Lord, hurts the Lord. So the reason that there's all this hatred is because the first hatred stated in the Bible was a hatred that actually God put in place, believe it or not, between what God said were two seeds. 
right after the fall of man into sin, when God questioned the woman, interrogated the woman, asked her, what happened? How did this happen? Genesis 3.13, And the Lord said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done all this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, thou shalt bruise his heel. So during God's interrogation for what happened when man fell into sin, God asked Adam for his explanation. And his explanation was it's simple, and he blames Eve. And then he asked Eve for her explanation about how this happened, this terrible tragedy happened. And she said it's simple, she blamed the serpent. And at that point, God does not ask the serpent for his explanation. He knows the hatred that Satan has against the Lord. So God pronounces the judgments. He says, judgment, death, death will come to man. Judgment, man will work by the sweat of his brow and will be frustrated in his work. Judgment, woman will have pain in her childbirth. And then, God pronounces that he's putting, as a judgment, a fundamental hatred called an enmity between two seeds. One seed he calls the seed of the woman. The other seed God calls the seed of the serpent. And Jesus, the Lord Jesus, referred to this seed of the serpent when he was speaking to those who were trying to kill him in John 8, 44, Ye are of your father the devil. The lusts of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own for he's a liar and the father of it. Murder and lying characterize the seed of the serpent whose father is the devil. Actually, in life, men, we, all, everyone starts out as so far from God that our father is the devil, as this is described in Ephesians 2.8. For by grace are you saved, not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that in time past you were Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision, that at that time you were without Christ, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of God, having no hope without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who are sometimes afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. So that description of being without Christ, being aliens, having no hope, without God in the world, man is born a seed of the serpent. But when so great a salvation comes to man, he's adopted. He transfers from being a seed of the serpent to being a seed of God. And this is what it says in Galatians 4, 5, to redeem them that are under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. 
Redemption is to receive the adoption of sons. And when that happens, the person who comes to the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved, he becomes part of the seed of the woman. And as part of the seed of the woman, the disciples of the Lord Jesus now experience the enmity of Genesis 3.15, where God says, I will put enmity between thee and the seed of the woman, between thy seed and her seed. The head of the seed of the woman is the Lord Jesus Christ. The head of the seed of the serpent is Satan. That's why the hatred is so strong against followers of the Lord Jesus, and it cannot be explained by natural reasons. Hatred against the Lord Jesus goes beyond natural bonds of a father to his child, of a brother to his brother, of children to their parents. I got a fresh look of this difference between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent this last week from two emails that I got in response to receiving my autobiography, the book Change, which is essentially an invitation to come to the Lord Jesus just this last week after I sent it out. The book was obviously received by a, a lost woman. She wrote back a very short email. A lot of it I can't repeat. Blank, blank, you. And don't ever send me anything, you despicable blank. Miss Greenspan. Hmm. And on the same day, I received another email from another woman who wrote me, just had to write you because your autobiography was so interesting and easy to read. I found myself not wanting to put it down. Thank you so very much for sharing it with us. You are our brother in Christ, and we didn't know we had. Again, thank you, capital word letters. And may Father, Jesus, and Holy Spirit continue to use you to draw millions of Jews and Gentiles into his kingdom, signed Miss Rodriguez. I didn't know I had a, a Mexican sister either. Anyway, what a difference between those two emails from two women that God arranged for me to receive on the same day. One from the seed of the serpent, one other from the seed of the woman. And the course of this hatred against the Lord Jesus is death. That's what the course is heading toward. Not just a harm, it's death. And the reason that the hatred wants death is because the Lord Jesus is all about life. John 14, 6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. John 1, 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Simon Peter, looking at him, when questioned, are you going to leave also? Responded in John 6, 68. Then Simon Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Jesus said unto her, John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And to bring life is the whole reason he came to earth. It was the reason he came. John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. I am come that they might have life. They might have it more abundantly. And this means, all this means that when the Lord Jesus looks at men, he cries out, life, 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 I want life. Which means the hatred against the Lord Jesus causes men the seed of the serpent, to cry out, death, 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 because he cries out, life, life, life. Now, this is all very dark news for the disciples, and that's the reason Lord Jesus gives this great promise at the end of uh, Matthew 10, 22. He that endureth unto the end, to the end shall be saved. 
So he speaks about the end. Thank God there is an end. There is an end to the suffering. There is an end to the persecution. That's great that there is an end. I'll tell you where there is no end, hell. Hell is defined by a place where suffering and pain and sorrow and death have no end. But there is an end. And not only is there an end for the sufferings and the persecutions of the disciples, there was an end for the Lord Jesus to his sufferings and persecutions. And he said that in Luke 22, 37. I say unto you that this that is written must be accomplished in me, and he was reckoned among the transgressors, for the things concerning me have an end. And just as all the sufferings of the Lord Jesus, they came to an end at the cross, in that way also is an end for us. It's an end. It's either in death or it's in a deliverance. That's what the rapture is, a deliverance. The rapture is a deliverance from the tribulation that believers are going to know when they'll be delivered, just like Enoch. Enoch was delivered, not death, but he was delivered, it says in Genesis 5.24. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Elijah was delivered from the persecutions that he had with Ahab and all of them. 2 Kings 2.11 came to pass as they stood still went on and talked that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire, horses of fire parted them both asunder. Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Death or deliverance? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saw it with crystal clear sight. Crystal clarity, they saw it. King Nebuchadnezzar is threatening them. If you don't fall down and worship this golden image, you're going to be cast into this fiery furnace. Daniel 3.13, Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, rose up, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not you serve my gods, nor worship the golden image that I have set? Now if you be ready, at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image that I have made well. But if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of his, my hands? Now comes the beauty of their response. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. We're not going to sit here and think about it. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not... Be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou set up. They told the king their end was going to come. It was in sight. Either an end through deliverance from God, which actually did happen, and they came out of that alive, or an end through death. One way or the other, they're going to experience the end of this persecution. Paul's in prison. He's suffering. He writes to Timothy. He sees his end in sight. going to be his death. But he doesn't call it death. He calls it being made an offering. He calls it finishing his course in 2 Timothy 4, 6. I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness with the Lord. The righteous judge shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but to unto all them that love his appearing. Let's pray. Father. Thank you so much for being dad to us. In Jesus' name, amen.
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.